0: Hey there, thanks for listening to another episode of the Jack Eason Podcast. We are talking about the issues of loneliness, isolation, and how to overcome them with true friendship and community. For more information on these and other issues, check out Jack's website at jackeason.org. Now here's Jack.
1: Hey, thanks for joining me for another podcast as we talk about the issue of loneliness and community. My special guest today is Gary Robbins, an esteemed journalist who's been writing for over three decades from uh, coast to coast, really about this whole issue—not just of loneliness, but a lot of things. Uh, And uh, Gary is now a writer with the San Diego Tribune, and I caught up Gary with you with uh, a lot of things that you have been writing on the issue of loneliness uh, back. Wow, three, four. Uh, Maybe even five uh, years ago, um, what was it that really got you into this whole issue uh, of loneliness?
0: Well, I covered the university systems. I'm a science writer, which makes me on campuses a lot, like uh, UC San Diego, San Diego State University. And I'm uh, hearing about a lot of loneliness among students because they had to leave their dorms so quickly. Many of them had to move back home unexpectedly or find a place to live very rapidly. Um, And then they had to revert to communicating like you and I are communicating right now instead of seeing each other socially on a kind of day-to-day existence. About two weeks ago, I wrote a, a long story in which I gave readers a sample of what college students at UC San Diego were saying on the Reddit social media. That's where college students tend to vent. Now they use pseudonyms, but they, they, they express their own feelings there. And my God, so much disruption, so much loneliness. I mean, people really were, they would just say, I am lonely, mm-hmm. I'm depressed, I feel alone, I feel isolated. I don't know how to connect with other people. How long is this going to last? That seems to um, arise from something else that I noticed. It's hard to generalize, but uh, students who are from Generation Z, the first um, generation of students ever to have always had the internet, always had cell phones, and always had social media, they're experiencing a lot of uh, loneliness. And I find that this group of students is much more likely to just talk about it, even unsolicited. I remember meeting one of the student editors at UC San Diego a couple of years ago, and we were just talking about technology and whatnot, and then unprompted, she talked about how lonely she was and how depressed and, you know, downcast as a, as a person. And I thought, well, okay, you know, things like that happen randomly. But they've happened on other levels with other students that I've interviewed over the past couple of years. So I'm hearing it more than I had heard it at any time in my life. I'm not sure where it's all coming from, but I certainly hear it and see it more.
1: Do, do you think that the pandemic and this virus has just brought maybe a more uh, heightened awareness to it, or has it added added to uh, what was already there?
0: I think it's deepened what was already there. Because here we are in late May, the disruption has been going on for about three months. Certainly you're hearing and seeing a lot of it, but I've been hearing a lot about it over a two or three year period. Um, I don't have children, so it's not like I can talk to my own children and say, are you feeling this? But I'm on campuses all of the time and there are large campuses. And these are things that people are talking to me about unsolicited. There's really large campaigns on these university campuses to deal with mental health issues. The volume of what's going on there is more than I have ever seen it ever. Mm. So it just feels like this is a generation that is more willing to talk about where their head is at. Um, I'm 65. This is something that you didn't do when I was their age.
1: Mm, yeah. in one of the articles, I saw the, the article that you mentioned, uh, where the students were venting through Reddit, the most recent article uh, that you wrote about loneliness. Then there was one back in January uh, where you talked about being lonely in a crowd yeah. and over trying to overcome that with acceptance and wisdom you know, one of the things that really caught my attention that you said in that article was uh, by nature, human beings are social creatures. Uh, yet, as we age, our personal dynamics and lifestyles change, which can result in loneliness and isolation. So, but you're you're seeing not only among maybe the older community adults who maybe have lost their life partner, who may be yeah. lonely because of that, but now even among, so, so is there an age group where in your experience, you're seeing this to be to be more prevalent or is it or is there every age group is kind of can be subject to loneliness
0: every age group is subject to loneliness now because i'm 65 i notice it perhaps more because i have you know i I really hate the word elderly because it always implies something Mm, but um i have family members that are in their 80s and in their 90s and some of them are in um you know nursing homes or in um Alzheimer's care facilities. And when you walk into places like that, the thing that strikes you above everything else is loneliness. Mm. Um, You see it in malls. You see it just among uh, walking, among older people. And I expect that. But I guess I didn't expect it as much among very young people. And I'm wondering about it, I mean, because we talk about how connected they are and that they're talking back and forth in real time, all of the time. They're sending photographs. When I was a young man, you took a photograph, you took it to the drugstore, and seven days later, you had a photo. (laughs) But everything is so instant, and we can talk to each other on FaceTime and on Zoom. I guess I assumed that there wouldn't be as much, but I feel it in them. I feel it in myself, in a sense, because I've been working out of my home office for a couple of months. It's very isolating. So I don't have the opportunity just like you and I do in our regular life. When we see someone that we're friends with, we hug them, we shake their hands and that's suddenly gone. And it is really, really jarring.
1: Mm, And
0: it's, it's very emotionally uh, unsettling.
1: You, you, you mentioned, um, a, um, senior associate Dean in one of your articles that you had spoken with, I think at the uh, UC San Diego school of medicine. Um, and I, I talked to a similar uh, clinician uh, at Mount Sinai Medical University in New York, and and they and they both said this person that you quoted said similar things about loneliness rivaling things like smoking and obesity and shortening uh, the lifespan of people. I, I think if our the vast majority of the public understood how, how significant that is do you think that would maybe wake us up to how important it is that we deal with this issue
0: oh i hope i certainly hope so think about how it manifests you know i was reading your background and how much you've done in religion and here in california that is one of the biggest topics we have right now when can people go back in worship right. so the governor you know in fact i think it's going to be Oh, it's very soon, like the Catholic Church has been notified locally that they can begin having Mass again on June 8th, and just hearing, I have friends who are Catholic, and just hearing about the physicality of that, not just seeing a person, but hugging a person, because in our everyday lives, even though we can see each other and hear each other all the time and all the place, I don't know, that doesn't replace a hug. It doesn't replace a handshake. Or being able to look into someone's eyes and, and just simply say, I am so glad to see you. You know, over the weekend, I caught myself doing something unexpected. I had a Zoom call with Peter Salk. Peter Salk is the son of Jonas Salk, the man who conquered polio. Peter lives here in, um, in uh, La Jolla. And I did a story about, Peter, you're 76 years old. How are you dealing with the pandemic? You know, are you lonely? We, we talked about that. And at the end of the conversation, I said to him, thank you, Peter Salk, you know, where you mentioned someone's entire name, you know, you want them to understand that I'm so glad to have talked to you, not just their first name. And there was like a, a little second and he, he brightened up a little bit and says, thank you, Gary Robbins. <laughs> and I, I think it was just a way of two people who are friends who haven't seen each other connecting. Mm. You know, it's like you, I'm talking to you. Yeah. I miss you.
1: You know, you're right. I, I hope that um, if anything, uh, again, if you're watching or listening to this, uh, hopefully post, post-pandemic, post post-COVID-19, those of us who are still in the midst of it right now, I, I hope, Gary, if there's anything that I've learned, and I've learned a lot from this time, it's what you just said, that though we can connect, and this is great technology, I love technology, but it doesn't replace that human Connection in person, like you're talking about do, do you what are some other solutions as you study this topic that you're hearing uh help against this tide of loneliness? Are you seeing anything that seems to be working that you would recommend to somebody who finds himself lonely?
0: I was hoping you had the solution because I'm feeling the same <laughs> loneliness as everybody else is. um I think it's connecting with people that you haven't talked to, so we can call our parents and, and children and perhaps people we go to church with that we see regularly. But maybe what we should also be doing is reconnecting with people that we haven't seen mm-hmm. because we don't know what's going on in their heart. And it comes back to this thing I hear about all the time that I believe in. The thing that, that we really need to pay attention to is how we make other people feel. And at a time when we're so isolated and feeling lonely, reaching out to someone who hasn't heard from us in a while and simply saying, I was thinking about you. I I hope you don't feel weirded out. I I just, you know, I remember something in particular, a good time. And I was, I was hoping you were well. I was wondering how you are. So maybe reaching out to those people that aren't in our daily eyesight.
1: Yeah. I I think you're right. I think it does come back to uh, connect real connection. Uh, And real community. Uh, I I like to recommend that people kind of visit uh, old school, the way we did old school friendships, kind of like you said about, um, you know, just reaching out and actually calling somebody, you know, now again, as you mentioned, we're so used to if we want to photograph boom, we just print it right off the computer. Um, yeah. you know, now if we want to talk to a friend, we, we can do Zoom or FaceTime. But when, uh, when we were growing up, it was, you had to get on your bike and ride down the street and actually knock on the door and physically say, can Tommy come out and play? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, And as much as it may seem like to, uh, to the Gen Z, that would be a hassle. There, there was a great part of, again, just the human connection, uh, and, uh, and doing life together. And I, I agree with you. I do think that is part of the solution is just community and and connectivity regardless of, of, uh, of any age group. What, what else could you share? I know your time is valuable that, as far as your study along these issues of loneliness, all these articles, if you wanna uh, check Gary's work out and his writings, you can just, uh, of course, Google his name and, and type in loneliness, and that's how several of these articles I'm seeing came up. But what else could you share that would encourage someone maybe who's, who's facing this, maybe some other things that, to consider? So one
0: thing I'm working on this afternoon is um, empathy. Uh, UC San Diego received a $100 million gift last year from the philanthropist Denny Sanford for the study of empathy. And I'm supposed to talk to the university this afternoon because the program is now underway. And I'm curious as to whether they're, what, what programs they've undertaken in you know, it's compassion and empathy. Mm. How do you bring that, have they been doing something special to bring those together to fight the loneliness and the isolation that people are feeling during the pandemic? I mean, they were given this extraordinary sum of money to do it. What are they doing with it? Mm. Um, How do you cultivate feelings of empathy? I think that if you do cultivate empathy, that people generally feel less lonely not only the person who is receiving the empathy but the person who is giving the empathy mm, yeah so i find myself being very curious right now are they doing anything to really reach out beyond an academic institution into the communities and cultivate empathy
1: wow yeah I think,
0: that i don't want to get bogged down in talking about politics for example but i think in our society because we've had a rough co- couple of years and we're in an election year and we've had to deal with the pandemic and we've had to deal with other problems it feels like we're exhausted as people yes and we just want someone to hug us sometime and, mm. or someone to stop in their tracks and say oh i was thinking about you how are you because i don't have the answers i, I just it's a feeling. I'm feeling what everybody else is feeling. Right. Um, so maybe empathy and compassion and being aware of it. I watched a movie. You might have seen it. It was the movie a Bohemian Rhapsody, Rhapsody about the the band Queen. And the father tells his son, "What you need to be is about um, good thoughts, good words, good deeds. You be. If a person behaves like that, I think they make other people." less lonely mm, yeah they make them feel more a part of things and we're so fractured as a society right now i think we overlook the fact that maybe we're yelling about partisan things and it's making us really us tight and it's making us isolated and fractured and lonely but most of the time we actually have a lot in common with people who are different than us that's right yeah. it's just that there's so much of this going on out there that we don't go like this enough I mm. realize that we actually do have a lot in common and maybe we should just calm down a moment. Yeah,
1: yeah you, you know, you're, you're right. And you would be a good person, just life experience and and, uh, and what you've written maybe to, to, to ask this question. I, I sometimes wonder, I, I agree with everything that you said, by the way. I, I sometimes wonder if in our attempt to give people validity with all of these subgroups in society that we have created, uh, for all these different beliefs uh, about whether it's uh, marriage or whether it's lifestyle or whether it's politics, whatever it is. We've created all these sub-compartments yeah. in our attempt to bring validity and to, to bring them rights and, and acknowledge that they have those rights, and they do. That maybe in doing that, we've also divided ourselves into all these subcategories that we, we fail to realize, like you just said, that we do have a lot more in common than we, than we have uncommon. And it's hard to create empathy when you think, well, I'm in this little box and you don't agree with this little box. You're in that little box. So how could you ever empathize with me? But we're all in the human race box. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's,
0: that, is, that is so spot on. There are times, you know, as a reporter, I cover confrontation and, and at times among the type of groups that you're talking about. But sometimes I'm also coming inside with, coming into contact with people from both sides. And what I just hear is that they want to be heard. Mm, yeah. And if both sides can just exhale, I think what they often find is that maybe they have a different take on something, but most of everything else is what they have in common. People, even people in opposition have a great deal in common. And so if we just slow down for a minute and try to, for a minute, to just stop winning all these arguments and just talk to people, then a lot of these other problems decrease. Mm. You know, uh, I regard myself as a fairly progressive person, but I don't like every two minutes seeing identity politics breaking into what we're trying to discuss. Mm, You and I are having a conversation. We're from different parts of America. We have different beliefs, and probably in a lot of ways, but we're having a good conversation.
1: Mm, yeah. Well, I think you're right, and I think it's understanding that everybody has value and brings something to the table. I, I don't have the market on whatever I think about a particular uh, idea, and, and unfortunately, I think you're right. In our, in our world today, we've become so fractured, is a great word that you used, that we don't, uh, we don't see that everyone has some value. Uh, to it. And uh, I'm just, uh, I guess I'm old enough to realize (laughs) that I I know a lot less than I used to think that I did. And uh, so I want to learn from other people who have different life experiences and, and, um, and especially when it comes to this issue of loneliness, which I think every person you would ask, no matter their belief system, if you ask them, you know, would you like being lonely? almost 100% of us would say, no, no, we don't want to be lonely. We want, we want to have friends and community. And uh, I had a friend of mine the other day that just said, um, the, the best way to, uh, to get friends is to be a friend. Mm. And I thought, you know, it's, it's not an original, he quoted somebody else. But I thought, you know, that's so true, which takes the attention off me and puts it on someone else. And in so doing, I get the connection that I wanted in the first place with somebody else. So, uh, so, Gary, thank you. You're, you're one of my new friends. If I get out to the West Coast, um, oh, I, I'd love to visit. Now, h- how far are you from San Diego itself?
0: I'm within the city limits. Uh, okay. I in a little community called Del Mar. Uh, San Diego is very large, and it's a wonderful community. So if you come out here, let's get together.
1: Yeah, I would love that. My, my wife and I have visited, and uh, she would live there in a, in a heartbeat. She loves the <laughs> climate and the temperature. Yeah. And we used to do a lot of work with some students at a camp uh, out in Pine Valley oh, yeah. uh, for several years. And oh, it was just so beautiful. I have great fond memories of that whole area uh, yeah. of the country. But uh, grateful for you and for a little bit of time today. And if you want to get connected again with Gary's uh, writings, uh, you can find him online uh, right there. Just get, Google Gary Robbins, San Diego, uh, Union Tribune, several articles that will come up. Uh, if somebody is that the best way for people to get connected with you? I know you're on social media too. I guess they could, could connect that way.
0: I'm on Facebook as well, okay. and it's um, simply the name Gary Robbins. That's you know, but I, I used to sit next to a tech writer, and when Facebook really started, she says, "Oh, you should get the screen name Gary Robbins before someone else gets it." And it turns out there a lot of other people have the same name. <laughs> so if you just type Gary Robbins, I'm on Facebook, my email is Gary. Dot robbins at com, and I'd love to hear from
1: people. Awesome. Awesome. If you'd like to find out more information about uh, Gary, you can reach out to him through social media or his uh, email address, as he mentioned. And for more information about loneliness, don't forget the book is coming out. You can even do the pre orders right now online at Jack Eason dot com more information coming up in a future podcast so keep it tuned right here please share this podcast with a friend and also uh, give us a rating right there on spotify or apple podcast thanks for listening
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Jack Eason Podcast. Be sure to check out the website for blogs, videos, and more help on the issues of loneliness, friendship, and community. To get updates on the release of
1: Jack's new book from Revell Publishing, sign up for an email alert at jackeason.org.